Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything this week? Hey, great. I'm glad we're hitting this thing again on a Saturday because we've heard uh, some feedback from um, people that they really appreciate uh, getting it ahead of time and being able to use it for preparing. Uh, just a reminder, uh, listeners, that um, Sunday Night Futures, uh, they open at 6 p.m. on New York time and and uh, monitor that evening session as well as um, you know what happens the next day because it can be different. Things can change before the open on Monday, um, but it can give you a little bit of indication of uh, how th- things might play out. Um, so it's it's good to observe and good to observe also the change um, that happens the next morning, both on the futures as well as the sector ETFs and so on. So we'll get started here with. Um, We've got last five days of July's seasonality for ETFs. Uh, what leaps out at you there off uh, this screen? Yeah, the first thing is that Dave? number on the bottom, 82% there. So it's, it's a really robust five last five days. And even the final days is expected to be up, which is usually a down day for most months. So it's kind of a robust five-day month, five day seasonality. And within that, it's showing gold and silver being very strong, real estate, oil, utilities, and some of the things that are weaker are the higher beta stuff, the ARK-KK funds, um, XBI, so biotech, and XLC. So that coupled with some of the earnings and the big mega caps this week is going to kind of um, lead the way there. Right. Well, I mean, this starts, as on, it starts on Tuesday, right? Tuesday is the beginning yeah. of the five-day window. Right? Right. So we've got a one-day, uh, you know, kind of a pause and reflect day and then uh, also we have uh, FOMC this week. Now is it possible that uh, that interferes with maybe the prospects for gold or utilities because utilities have an interest rate component. Uh, energy uh, might also uh, be sensitive. Well there's a quarter point raise baked in already to the numbers so if they were to go half a percent or something so that could that could derail the, the rally. Right. <clears throat> Well, I also find uh, that historically, we tend to be a bit more, um, you know, bullish ahead of an announcement. Even if the market's expecting there to be a raise, it's just, uh, I don't know what it is. It's just something about investors' attitudes as they're waiting for the the, uh, FOMC. It just seems to be slightly um, bullish and, you know, you would think it would be completely pause and, and and reflect and wait or whatever, but it actually does tend to rally a bit on the Tuesday before a Wednesday announcement and even a bit in the morning uh, or the half, especially the half hour before the announcement. So uh, anyway, that's uh, what we've experienced over the years. So th- this is um, important to reflect on. This, this is quite a, quite a bullish, quite a bullish five-day window. And uh, this is the stocks. So um, part of the reason this this might be changing here and it's a little bit different than the ETFs is because of, you know, how many stocks you're pulling in as well as this does not include like inverse relationships like on the previous ETF has a few inverse relationships there too that are being shown. So um, that's what's different, but still very, very bullish. um, And what... What kind of leaps out at you uh, here in relationship yeah. to the sectors that they're in? I see a lot of solar stocks and phase for solar 
uh, Sunrun. Those kind of stocks are expected to do really well. And again, your ARK KK things are weaker. Roku, um, Twilio, Teladoc, those are weaker. Some of the Chinese ones too, Baba, Baidu, uh, Intel. So, so again, I, I think bigger NASDAQ kind of stuff within tech is doing better. And even um, basic materials like steel, X and Cleveland Cliffs. Right, yeah, exactly. That kind of aligns with the, uh, the GDX and mm-hmm. GDXJ and stuff too. Okay, uh, good to note. So what uh, Dave is suggesting is is looking at the ETFs for that general context, that backdrop, and then finding symbols that uh, are within those groups uh, for you know supporting your long and, and short side accordingly. So. Makes good sense. And just a reminder how this calendar works here. Anything with odds over 50 means it's more probable that it's moving by that average percentage. Um, so like when you get up to, um, you know, 75, you know, that's that's probably a, a good sweet spot. If you get to 100, there's probably not a lot of samples. You can go to the actual calendar which we're not on, we're just on a snapshot of it, but you can put mouse over and see how many events uh, are within that. Um, because nothing, usually nothing has a 100% guarantee of moving that direction, even if it says 100. That just means in the past number of uh, of years related to July's uh, seasonality here, um, that has been bullish uh, you know, every time. So how many times is that? <laughs> well, we have... We have five events, so that means that all five events have been uh, bullish. But you can, uh, you know, mouse over that and see: has, has it only been around for five years, or has it been around for all eight? You know, a sample of eight is going to be greater than a sample of five for sure. Um, moving on here to sector performance, this is what we experienced uh, on Friday here: is all of a sudden utilities had a pretty good session. Now Friday was an inside day it was trading inside the range of thursday um and uh thursday was a bit of a down session kind of pulling back from the highs on wednesday and so utilities uh, sprung to life there on friday healthcare so again um these are in the more defensive category and then um technology and communication services are more in the risk on category and consumer cyclical um, so this kind of shows that the defensive side was uh, dominating more over the uh, risk on side or the discretionary side. And for the week, um, we had energy kind of come roaring back. And it's, you know, not not often that you see energy on top for the week. It's certainly not so far this year. Uh, so that was uh, interesting to see. Healthcare next, financials. Uh, financials have been pretty strong ever since sort of the stress tests on the banks. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people were expecting there still to be more problems to come with the banks and financials, and uh, it really hasn't played out yet anyway. Uh, communication services, um, you know, can be dominated by, you know, the Googles and the Meta and stuff like that. And cyclical can be dominated by, you know, the Amazon and uh, Tesla area. So let's look at the map of the market as well. Let's pop it up here. S&P, I want to look at the whole week here. This gives you a a pretty good picture. So this is the one week performance. And again, you see 
the communication services, you see consumer cyclical. And look at the green spots, look at the big banks, more so than the credit card processors. The big banks were very strong, energy very strong. Of course, you know, Exxon is such a big part of that, that. Chevron. Um, utilities, you know, pretty coming in pretty good for, for the week. Healthcare as well. Um, so what we see from this is a more broad market, um, you know, strength and not sort of dominated just by a handful of the, you know, mega caps. Part of the reason was we had rebalancing the NASDAQ. So there's been some change in the, you know, software related to the weight of uh, these mega caps um, going forward. So um, that kind of put some softness into them and they've had a pretty good run for the year, right? So all things considered, you know, if Tesla's down 7% for 7.5% for the week, well, I mean, that's not much compared to how much it's run this month with this year already. I mean, yeah. we, can, uh, we can go year to date performance. Well, there you go, right? Uh, 111% for Tesla after it declined uh, this week. So um, keep things in perspective. We've had some amazing runs on the tech, tech, tech area. Um, granted, you know, if uh, Amazon was down, you know, uh, 50% last year, let's say, I mean, it still isn't back to where it started. Um, so with with percentages, you have to, you know, double it to get back to where you started on the upside. So, um, but nevertheless, really great performance. And, and uh, healthcare had a pretty good week, but, you know, for the year to date so far, it, it hasn't been doing that well. Um, and same thing with energy. So again, uh, really good to keep yourself up to speed by looking at all time frames. So back to our slide here. Um, this was the groups and market sector performance. Um, so for the week, again, this is a broader market, not just the sector spiders. The sector spiders are down here. So for example, XLB, so for the week on the broader market, 0.46, but for just the sector ETF, uh, 0.59. And um, you know, let's see what uh, like basic material, or sorry, um, consumer staples. We had consumer defensive was 1.42, but the XLP itself was 1.82. So um, obviously some things, holding back the the larger sample in in the uh, in the sector whereas just the sector spider the s p related sectors um that's down here uh now the diamonds came in at two uh, percent for the week russell 1.53 Qs were down 0.91 again largely affected by that rebalance and the mega caps and then the SPY 0.65. Okay. And then you have your um, your uh, inverse Qs and your inverse um, SPYs, right? Just remember on any of your uh, inverse or your leveraged ETFs that they don't perform exactly to the index. There's always a little bit of a discrepancy there because they use options and futures to to create the 
inverse or the uh, leveraged component, so they don't perform exactly to the index. Here's the 15 minute chart for the SPY for this week. Um, you can see we came out of the gate on Monday right here, and we had high signal walking up the upper Bollinger Band here. Um, so again, when you when you recognize good signal to noise ratio on uh, anything, index or stock, make sure that uh, you respect that and, and don't, you know, get carried away fading because you can you know do some damage to your account when you uh, stubbornly add to positions or don't recognize the trend so it's where we came from but it's also you know how it's behaving in relationship to moving averages and in relationship to the VWAP um, make sure you look at different time frames good to have a tighter perspective like a five minute but also good to push yourself back for the 15 minute and the one hour and just make sure that you're you're getting the full uh, perspective. Uh, we did hit a peak here on Wednesday and it started to um, you know falter a little bit and then Thursday we followed through to the downside with a, a down open filled the gap and then sold off from that point to give almost uh, you know two-thirds of the move back of what it had done in the first three days of the week. And then Friday here, we mentioned, was an inside day, trading inside the range of the previous day, ending on a down note, which is probably why you had the defensive issues perform a bit better, just because we you know, sold off right into the close. So that was our 15 minutes for the week of the SPY. Now I want to bring out the SPY RSP ratio. So we've got um, the SPY is a market weight, weighted uh, ETF, market cap weighted ETF, and RSP is uh, equal weight. So equal weight tends to favor the mid cap spec spectrum rather than just the largest uh, market caps. And so it's a good thing to look at. We did look at it in last Saturday's uh, uh, podcast as well. But I pulled it back a little bit further. So this is uh, now a, a full year plus a little bit. And um, you can see that we're starting to taper off. What does that mean? That means that the broader market, especially the mid caps, are starting to get more traction. Um, maybe it's because of how things have rallied. They're saying, me too, me too, you know, and in um, some of that excess performance that we've seen from the the largest cap stocks um you know is like well they they've already had their had their run um you know they're starting to stabilize maybe pull back a little bit and the other the other market caps can can do a little bit better i like to also look at it through the lens of value versus growth so ive is the value and ivw is the growth and there are various other uh, ETFs to, to do this with. I really recommend taking that opportunity. You can go to TradingView. You can, you know, look at it on the daily, even without a, a subscription. You can look at uh, daily charts and create your ratios so that you can look at things based on relationships. So what is this saying to us? Well, in August through December of last year, 
you know that the you know we kind of hit our our biggest down point around October the 13th with the CPI numbers. Um, and even before that, value was starting to outperform growth and had, you know, still held up pretty well for the year. Going right into the end of the year, uh, there was some tax loss selling on Tesla and, and other tech stocks and discretionary. And so um, they still stayed under pressure for December and value was able to rally. But look, as we came right into the, the new year, what happened? They started to buy back and the January effect took a place, took place, started to buy back the beaten down stocks, especially the ones that they had taken tax loss selling and um, value started to underperform growth. And that's been the case all the way until we started to come into July. And um, and now we're starting to see signs of life again in the value area. So so what I'm seeing from kind of reading the economic tea leaves here is that the rally has spread out to a broader you know category. We're seeing um, the mid caps and the small caps that have lagged start to pick up a little bit. We've seen some of the defensive areas start to pick up a little bit. We're seeing maybe a little bit of the value area start to pick up a little bit. So let's keep that in mind as we go forward. Very different uh, season than what we've experienced, uh, you know, especially since the banking crisis and then the the AI tailwinds and things like that. Um, so we're 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 kind of getting long in the tooth on that, and we're starting to change a little bit. So I really wanted to point that out. Now, here's with the Qs versus IWM. Same thing. Since uh, March, you know, the Qs have just dominated over the small cap. So, again, this would be the large cap as they were before the software rebalancing, really outperforming. And then as we've gotten into July here, um, you know, the announcement of the rebalance and the subsequent completion of it on Friday. Um, so the queues have been papering off a little bit in relationship to IWM, the small caps. There is an argument for this to continue. So again, when you put everything together that we've just been through and look at that broader market, look at the little bit more defensive, doesn't mean the market has to pull back, doesn't mean it has to go down because we went through the seasonality. It's still it's still looking strong for the last five days of July. And that's in keeping with the monthly expectation. It's in keeping with probably with the FOMC, things are already baked in. Doesn't mean that they won't say something in the Q&A period that can spook the market. I'm not saying that, but things are kind of baked in. The rally has got really no reason to completely stop. It's spread out to the broader market. It's spread out to a little bit more defensive things. So let's use that in our trading as best we can. Economic calendar. Yeah, so Monday we have a little um, S&P flash manufacturing and services PMI. That number is the Purchasers Managing Index Survey. So it's a kind of an early indicator of what the final PMI is gonna be. So we'll get some insight there. Again, that's how the economy is doing. Then on Tuesday, 
we have a little housing data, Case-Shiller Home Index, and then Wednesday, new home sales. So home, home prices are a theme and sales. And Wednesday is the big report. It's the FOMC decision, and then uh, Fed Chair Powell is going to have a press conference after. So that's the key event for the week. And then Thursday, there's a little more data on jobs, durable goods, again, pending home sales, and then Friday is PCE, personal expenditures. So again, more economic data as to how the economy is holding up. But the key thing is Wednesday, <clears throat> we have that uh, um, FOMC right. number. And you know, prior to this, um, the sentiment that's kind of been driving things has been um, economic reports have really uh, kind of supported the soft landing approach. And we know that the Fed um, has, you know, this hike on the books here for July and then possibly one more for the year. Unless anything changes, um, you know, that's that's what's been expected. That's what's been supporting uh, the rally. Um, and, you know, we we kind of need to still lean on that and go with it and, unless uh, unless we get new information from the Fed on Wednesday or perhaps one of these other ports that flies in the face of that, you know. So um, we're still in earnings season. So what uh, what symbols are uh, are notable this week here? Yeah, there's still a lot of earnings out there. Monday, we've got like Cleveland Cliffs, Domino's Pizza, NXP, uh, semiconductors. But the big one's Tuesday. We've got Alphabet and Microsoft both on Tuesday. And then, I mean, just just lots. You have to check cross-check your symbols this week quite a bit. Lots on Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Amazon. So those big ones, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. So three of those, like what do they call them, Magical Seven or something? <laughs> <laughs> magnificent Seven. Magnificent, yeah. Magical, magnificent, okay. either way. So half, well, half of those will be reporting this week. <laughs> yeah, no, those are big names and they, they can be drivers. So we got two before the and Amazon afterwards. Um, and you know it can can set the stage. Uh, sometimes, you know, the Thursday after um, the Fed announcement can be the hangover day. Even if we have a, a rally on Wednesday, like after, you know, maybe everything goes according to plan, and and maybe the tone of the Q and A period is still kind of you know dovish with a little bit of warnings about hey, well we're going to be data dependent and all that. But it doesn't mean that Thursday automatically has to be up. It could it could be a down day. I mean. The backdrop from Tuesday to the end of the month is still positive. The last day of the month, not as strong as the as the five day seasonality. Um, let's actually we have that here, here to show. Um, so this is the last five days, last three days. So again, all of those windows are uh, strong, not as strong as the mid month and the mid month really kicked in on the ninth and 10th business day. Uh, remember Dave, like we sort of Google and everything kind of kicked in right away. And and so that was really front end loaded. And then um, we drifted off on Thursday and Friday. Thir Friday expiration went according to what we thought, be a little bit softer. Um, and it, it, what we, we factored in the symbols that were for Friday. And normally seasonality does pretty good, but there was, uh, some of the symbols there weren't performing as well on this Friday, like nothing, nothing to write home to mom about on, on the yeah. on the actual symbols themselves. But the day went according to plan here. And um, I just want to run through a couple things. The streaks. Remember your reports 
So this is again from the close of Friday to the close three days later. You know, is there anything trending up that fits into some of the things that we showed you on the five-day window? Because the five-day window starts on Tuesday. So there's any anything um, you know agreeing with that on the trending upside, trending downside? What about the bullish reversals? You know, like uh, Nvidia trade trade desk. Um, you know, Snowflake. I mean, you know, three days down in a row, four days down for trade desk. Um, potential reversal here you can see the the odds and the um, average performance expectations and then on the bearish reversals um, you know anything leap out at you that way um, uh, we had a Walgreen Walgreen boots alliance probably did pretty good last week I didn't you know it's up four days in a row um, we remember that healthcare came in pretty strong for the week maybe that'll pull back a little bit this week um, so look through this and see if you can pair anything off if you can get some complimentary arguments from any of the other screens uh rsi same thing i really like this uh bullish reversal side looking for things that have been discounted that may um, pop up over the next period of time so you've got trade desk showing up here as well uh got amd um now we had we had some kind of upsets in the semiconductor space there there was kind of some interesting you know, change from the weeks before. So uh, maybe uh, there'll be some, for NVIDIA and AMD, maybe there'll be something coming back into favor there. So watch for bullish reversals and also bearish reversals. Probably stronger arguments than just simply trending up or trending down. But anyway, you can look through the list. Uh, we also have um, Bollinger Bands. Now this is for a 10-day return. So these other two screens here are three-day returns. And this one is a 10 day. So that's that covers five day window plus. And um, you know there are there are some uh, com probably complementary stuff in the bullish reversals. I see a conflict here with Snowflake on this this trending down over the 10 days versus Snowflake showing up on what short one was it here um, on the bullish reversal. So a little bit of uh, conflict there, and you can get that. Um, this is a 10-day perspective as well. So it might actually rally a little bit in the first few days of the 10 days, which would agree with the three-day perspective and then start to turn over. Um, so that's a possibility. But I like the dashboards to, you know, have a few things pop out at you that you might not have particularly paid attention to. It sure beats going and flipping through, you know, hundreds of charts to try to find opportunity when you can get something leaping off the page here and then go and you can check it out on a chart. All right. Um, I think that covers it. Anything else, Dave? That's it. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening and uh, have a good trading week next week uh, and a good uh, rest of the weekend. All right. Take good luck.